Welcome to Life and Love Nuggets, where licensed therapists Brent and Janice Sharp share how you can thrive in your life, your love, and your relationships. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Life and Love Nuggets. We're glad that you're with us. Uh, we're going to continue talking about grief and loss. We're, we're kind of this series mm-hmm. is life's inevitable losses. The reality is we're all going to have difficulties. That's going to be part of the reality of the human journey. And if we kind of fight that and try to get to live a life where we don't have any problems, then that seems to cause more problems. Yes. And so being able to realize that this um, life is going to have its struggles um, some in our field suggest that we're all grieving something all the time, that there's always something that's not quite what we wish it would, would be. And when we talk about grief, we usually think about, as we've been talking in this series, we usually think about somebody's died, but most grief that we deal with is the loss of an ideal. It's, I thought life was going to look like this and it's down here someplace. Um, and so we're dealing with the ideal didn't happen. So my job that I thought was going to be so good <laughs> is just not working out how I thought it was going to be. Working with that person, it just didn't happen quite as much. Or I thought at this stage of life that I would kind of be in a different place. You know, financially, I'd be in a different place or, or we would have children or we would be here or there and things just don't work out quite the way they would and we wish they would. And so uh, what do we do with that? We don't just get to jump over it or somehow skip it. The key is moving through it. And so what we've been saying all along in this series is we can't heal what we can't feel. And so it's allowing ourselves to feel these feelings, not be afraid of them, but there's a way to move through them. And so we talked about this idea that they're, uh, that everybody's journey, everybody's grief is going to be different. Everybody's experience and how they move through these emotions is going to be different. But we do find that most people end up experiencing similar emotions um, in different ways on how their personality, of course, would experience it. But but we all seem to touch on these stages. And so we've talked already about shock and denial that, you know, the day we found out that we were laid off from our job, we're in shock and it has an impact on us. And it's going to be an unsteadying kind of experience for a little bit. We talked about denial that, you know, some people actually do try to live in complete denial. We don't right. think that's very healthy. Um, but um, we also talked about a healthy denial, which is we don't want people just, this is all they think about. If they can get their mind on other things, then wonderful. But as these emotions swirl and they will, we will go in and out of these, they don't <laughs> go in order. They're not linear going to go in and out of these. But what we found is anytime we experience any of these, if we manage them in a healthy way, then the next time we experience it, the intensity is a little bit less. And then the stages start spreading out. They simply don't happen quite as often. And so, so shock and denial, then we've talked about anger. People are oftentimes afraid of anger. They don't know what to do with it. They feel like we're not supposed to be angry, but it's okay to be angry as long as we're processing it in a healthy way. And then last time we talked about depression, just this down discouragement, have the blues um, and how we kind of walk through depression and how, how do we make sure that the spiral of depression is kind of a spiral where we kind of can slip down, that we don't get, you know, 
spiral down too far and, right. and get stuck in that. And so we have a, a want to kind of wrap that part up a little bit today. And then we'll talk about just some practical steps on what we can do as we grieve. And then also, how do we help others a little bit? And so another stage that we found is mourning. And this is something that I find particularly difficult uh, for men, but not necessarily always. Um, this is kind of just the tears, just the emotional catharsis of of tears. Women seem to get more benefit from this <laughs> because they're more easily able to, to cry. Depending on their background. I mean, I think one of the things that I've seen is with some of the younger generations, mm. men are more able to cry yeah. than our generation yeah. is. Um, and women sometimes tend to shut down Don't, because yeah. of their background. And so it really is individual and in seeing how people respond. So either way, um, mm -hmm. it's allowing people to feel this, allowing ourselves to feel it, not fighting it, and then allowing others to feel it. We, we do a lot of trying to talk people out of their tears. Oh, don't cry. <laughs> oh, don't cry. It's, you know, it's going to be okay. And we try to fix it real fast. And that's what we're encouraging not to let happen, whether that's trying to fix ourselves. Can't tell you how many people apologize to me for crying. Yes. And I say, quit it. <laughs> quit. Or they come in the office and they go, I swore I wasn't going to cry this time. It's okay to cry. This is a safe That's place to cry. Exactly. And it's <laughs> actually healing. There's yes. actually something that it does that it's a little bit of healing every time mm -hmm. that happens. And so if we fight it and we hold back, you know, we're so quick to hand people Kleenex and go, oh, don't, you know, and try to... You know, you have with this expectation that we just shouldn't be feeling that way. There's something wrong with that. And so so sometimes it's just letting somebody cry and sitting with them <laughs> and just letting it happen. Uh, sometimes letting ourselves do that. We talked a little bit about, like you mentioned in one of our previous times, um, people kind of setting a time, almost an appointment yes. for grief. And that could be for any of these emotions where we're just busy, busy. We're running through things, just checking off the, the boxes of our responsibilities. But being able to stop and allow ourselves every few days or whatever to stop and really think about what's going on, letting ourselves feel some of these emotions. And I found that 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 mourning is one of those that sometimes if people don't let themselves kind of almost set an appointment for this, then it's just not going to happen. I've found sometimes with a few clients, if they are feeling that mourning or that sadness and they can't really get it out, sometimes um, they can watch a sad movie mm. and sob during the sad yeah. movie. And it's it's kind of a vicariously grieving, yeah. but it helps open that up when they're feeling really yeah. blocked emotionally. Yeah. yeah. So we're, again, just saying, don't, don't be afraid of the emotions. Mm -hmm. um, I think we do a lot of self-blocking, you know, we, we shut ourselves down from feeling these things, but this is also how we can help somebody else. So I've, I've had a few people that I've just said, why don't you set an appointment Thursday night, seven o'clock, mm -hmm. take 30 minutes. Now tell your spouse, your partner, um, Hey, I'm going to go in the other room, you know, <laughs> and just leave me alone for a little bit. And where we just go and let ourselves feel these feelings. Now, again, this is, contrary to what we naturally do, because we usually want to run away from pain. We don't want to let ourselves feel pain, want to escape it or medicate it or whatever. And we're just saying, lean into it. Let yourself feel it. Now, not all night or all week, you know, 
but let yourself lean into it. If the tears come, let them come and, and not fight that. And yeah. so, so giving opportunity for ourselves and for each other. And once again, what we found is with shock and denial and anger and depression and mourning, that as we go in and out of these and people, I always say, you know, you'll feel some of these, you might feel all of these in five minutes mm-hmm. or you might spend a week in one of them. Mm-hmm. But as you experience them, uh, we've tried to give some handles, some practical things on what to do with these feelings. If you can process those in a healthy way, then we find that the next time you feel it, the intensity becomes a little less, the stages start spreading out until eventually we start feeling acceptance. And again, acceptance is not that we look back on it and think, I just, why was I so upset over this? This wasn't that big a deal. No, it's always going to be a big deal. But I'm going to be okay. I'm going to get through this. And then we find, you know, after feeling a little bit of that, I tell people, don't be surprised if then you wake up next Monday, you're mad again. Right. <laughs> but, but if we keep managing those, then eventually we can live in acceptance. <laughs> but again, we just remind people, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, we've mentioned that studies suggest that if we have a close loved one die, uh-huh. it's a two to five year process to really grieve that loss well. It doesn't mean in the first, at the end of the first year, we're going to feel the same intensity the day they were lowering the casket in the ground, but we're going to have moments. Some suggest with some losses, we don't really ever get over it. Mm -hmm. You know, you're always going to have some lingering of that, but we're doing well, you know, we're thriving in the midst of that. And acceptance, again, doesn't mean that everything's okay. No. Like, oh, I'm fine with this now. Acceptance is just a place where we get. And it really, we have to learn how to kind of hold the tension between I'm sad, but I can have some joy in life too. I found a really good quote by um, Megan Devine. I'm going to talk about her more later. Um, She wrote a book called It's Okay to Not Be Okay, which is so great for grief. She says, we have this idea that there are only two options in grief. To be sad forever and never leave the house or to put all sadness behind you and go on to live a fabulous life. Mm. But the reality is far broader. You are neither doomed to eternal sadness nor forced into a model of recovery that can never fit you. There's a vast middle ground between those two extremes. That middle ground of grief can be made only by you. I had a client um, the other day talked to me about acceptance. She had lost someone to COVID mm-hmm. a couple of years ago or years ago. And she said, I'm finally at the point where I'm still sad, but I'm willing to be open or maybe I'm open to be open to find some meaning out of this or to see if there's something that I can get out of it. Yeah. We don't want to rush that because everybody's got their own timing, but acceptance comes often with being able to get just a little bit of meaning yeah. until we get more. And when more. we talked about meaning, uh, we alluded to that, I think even in uh, the big, very beginning of this mm-hmm. series, um, that that's really a byproduct. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of fruit on the tree from a it's health. It's not the purpose. Yeah, yeah. a healthy tree, mm-hmm. that if yeah. the tree's growing well, it'll produce fruit. And, <laughs> but it just kind of comes and eventually it becomes in little pieces and little stages <laughs> where we find the possibility of us gaining strength that we went through a very difficult thing, but we made it and we're going to be okay. And there's something usually in our character, in our strength that has actually grown. You know, it's, 
this is kind of grief is kind of like a muscle, you know, we're mm-hmm. using this muscle and it strengthens and that that can happen for us. But it's we can't make it happen. Yes, that's right. really that meaning surfaces. It's it's like we can't make ourselves produce fruit. Yes, that's right. And so we have to allow that perfect timing. I tell people when a, when, a, when a tree is growing in the spring and the little buds are coming out. Well, if we want to see a full leaf and even the fruit from mm-hmm. that, if we go and try to pull it out, <laughs> we're going to break <laughs> it off. Okay, So you can't manufacture it. Yeah. You just have to let it naturally. We have happen. to be where we're at. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so I'm going to talk about just a few reminders for people who are grieving, especially the loss of a loved one. And then I'm going to talk about some things that we can do to help our friends go through this. So the first one is it's okay to be where you are and do what you need to do. It's okay to ask for help or to accept help. You know, so often people come and they want to help and we turn them away, but it's okay to have somebody pick your kids up from school or bring you dinner. You don't have to worry about imposing on them. You have to give yourself permission to accept that kind of help. You need to do what you need to do. I always tell my clients, as long as it's not illegal, immoral, (laughs) it doesn't hurt you or somebody else, and it doesn't bankrupt you, then it's okay to do that. So if you find yourself going, I I just want to get a swing in my backyard Mm. and sit and swing for a while, that would bring me peace. Then do it. Again, as long as it's not going to hurt anybody, it's not illegal or immoral or bankrupt you. It's okay to do that, but you have to listen to what you want. Yeah, that, that whole idea of self-care is something that people fight sometimes. <laughs> and grief, I always say for people that are going through a loss, it's a little bit like you have emotional flu. <laughs> and you need extra vitamins and extra rest and, and extra nutrition You know, during that time. And so it's okay to allow yourself some extras, some ways of of really good, healthy self-care and not fight that. This is not being selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just being healthy. And people want to help. Yeah. When my sister died five years ago, um, some of our friends were so gracious to loan us their cabin mm-hmm. in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And we had gone up there for the funeral. But then the days after the funeral, I think it was one or two of our kids came with us um, to the cabin. And we had days to just sit there and work puzzles and go for hikes and see the beauty of the mountains. And it was exactly what we needed Mm -hmm. to really make the transition from the funeral to home, back to work, back to the normal things again. You know, Brent and I are at a place where um, we're at a stage in our life where we lose parents and sometimes siblings. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we have found has been really healthy and helpful for our family is we rent a big house Mm -hmm. and have all the kids stay together um, with their kids all in a big house so that we're there to comfort each other and to have some normalcy and joy in the midst of the pain and to celebrate good memories and and talk about the good things about that particular family member. So how do we help a friend through grief? A lot of this we've said already, but we're going to repeat it because I think it's so important. Important reminders. It's let them be where they are. Don't try to talk them out of where they're at, the stage that they're in, or some of the things that they're saying. Don't give him platitudes, yeah. not he's in a better place. I'm sure you're going to have a great life after this, but you had so many good years together. You should be thankful for that. All of those things are just going to shut them down. Be a safe place to your friends so they can say what they need to say, even if it's painful and hard for you to hear. So even if they're like, I'm so mad at God, this stinks. I don't know why this happened. You can go, I know. I know it's hard, 
this is a bad thing you've gone through. I remember many, many years ago, I had a client who had been kidnapped and um, I saw her after that and she had seen some other people before me, but we were talking and I was like, that is awful. And she said, you're the first person that actually acknowledged it was a terrible experience. So sometimes having somebody, not sometimes, having somebody validate that is so helpful. We talked about that validation, how critical that is. It's just, we can't say this enough. It's one of the most powerful things you can do for others Mm -hmm. is just not try to fix them, try to give them easy answers, just to sit with them, to be with them, to be present with them, to validate those Mm -hmm. feelings. And it's also, as we've talked about before, a it's okay to be careful about with who you talk to yeah. during this time. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking for safe people that can validate and not try to fix. And that may just be a few people. And so we recognize we're all not going to have just a whole bunch of people to really support us in this. Right. You know, it may just be a few, um, but it's okay to be pretty selective yeah. with that. So if you're a friend, anticipate what that friend needs, whether it is picking up kids from school and And don't just say, would you like me to pick up the kids from school? Say, okay, I'm going to pick up the kids from school. Unless you have an issue with that, I'm going to get them after school or I'm going to bring dinner or I'm going to sit with you and watch a movie. So just being in there, because nobody's going to say, when you say, uh, let me know if there's anything I can do for you. People don't do that. So anticipate. Yeah. And well, they don't even know sometimes what they need. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So anticipate. And we're not trying to force anything on anybody, nope. <laughs> you know, so if they go, well, I really do need to pick up the kids because of this and this, and I need to meet with right. the teacher or this one's really going to, hmm. one of my children's not going <laughs> to feel comfortable with that. Right. We respect that, obviously. Absolutely. But to be really um, very proactive. purposeful, very yes. proactive, that's yes. the word, very proactive with this is really important. And that is especially true with the really hard things like going to the funeral home, going to mom's house house and help her clean, or help, blah, 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 yeah. going to their mother's house and helping them clean out the house. Yeah. Those kinds of things are very, very important. And then another one, and we talked about this when we um, did our very first podcast on family dynamics. Yeah. So you're going to be with family for the holidays, <laughs> run interference. Hmm. So whether it's at the funeral or if it's like the first time they've come to a school event after they've lost that person, be by them as their friend. And if somebody says something tacky, either steer them away or make a comforting comment to them, but just helping them so they have a wingman and they don't feel like they're all on their own. Um, Love them. Mm. Just love them. Do something for them. Don't. Don't sit back and go, oh, I don't know what to do. It's better to do something than to do nothing. So if that's bringing a plant over, if that's bringing a casserole over that never, ever gets eaten, it doesn't matter. It really is. And even if they say no flowers, sometimes it's just really nice to have a plant delivered to the house. Something to help them know that they're cared about. So there's a number of good books on grief. You can look all over the Internet and you can find some. I've got a couple that in this process that I found that I really, really like. And the first one is by Megan um, Devine. And that's, it's okay that you're not okay. How do you spell that last name? Uh, D-E-V-I-N-E. Yeah, I think I said great. divine before. Megan Devine. Okay. Yeah. Devine, divine. Potato, potato. However she pronounces yes. it is the right way. We yes. just don't know. <laughs> um, the other one is, I wasn't ready to say goodbye. Mm, yeah. 
by Brooke Noel and Pamela Blair. Now that, um, that one in particular, it has some really good lists in it of what to do. Actually, I think both of them do have some very good list of what to do immediately after someone dies. Just the checklist of, of what needs to, you know, mm. talk to the pastor, or go to the funeral home, mm. that yeah, kind of yeah. thing that, that when we're in shock, we often don't know what to do. Right. Just get frozen. Yes. So both of those are really good. Um, I would say Refuge in Grief is the name of the um, website, Rescue. Refuge. Refuge in grief. Grief. Mm-hmm. is where you can get some really good resources from Megan, whatever her last name is, Devine <laughs> or Divine. <laughs> yes. But there's some really good things. And um, she encourages you to download those so that you can print off copies to give to friends or to have for yourself in case things happen. So there's a lot of good resources yeah. out there. I think it's important that we all work on being a good friend to friends that are grieving and recognize that that grief is death, but grief is a lot of other things too. And we want to acknowledge it in ourselves and we want to support other people in going through the process. Let's allow ourselves to do this, what we need. Let's be there for each other. Um, We recognize that life, in this life we will have trouble. There's going to be losses Mm -hmm. that we're all going to experience, but there is a way through this together. So blessings as you go. Peace to you. The Life and Love Nuggets podcast should not be considered or used for counseling, but for educational purposes only. 